What is going on, Internet? My name is Noe, and today I'll be interviewing musician turned manager turned craft beer master and all-around master of many trades, Ray Ricky Rivera. How are you, Ray? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great, great. It's finally uh, good to hear you and uh, excited to hear about some of the projects you have coming up. For those that haven't heard of you, can you give us a quick rundown on uh, who you are? Yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Ray Ricky Rivera, uh, born and raised in Boyle Heights. And um, a, a lot of people know me because of my time spent uh, making music. I spent a good 20 years in the music industry. Uh, I used to be in this band called Isale Sabor Factory in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, did that for several years, toured around, and then I dabbled in uh, launching my own record label, worked with a bunch of independent artists, and then from that I kind of pivoted into artist management, and uh, I started my own uh, kind of boutique management firm called Golden Glue Management mm-hmm. and worked a lot of bands there, and then... After that, I, I jumped into homebrewing and co-founded the SoCal Cervecero's Homebrew Club in 2015, which today is the largest people of color homebrew club in the country. And really through the SoCal Cervecero's, that kind of launched me into this whole beer scene, beer world that I'm in now. And um, today I am starting my own contract brewing company that I called Norwalk Brew House, which started as a idea to open a bar and grill with a stage for local talent. talent. And that idea has morphed into different forms. At, at one point, I was considering an actual production brewery, a brew pub. And uh, right before the pandemic hit, I was seriously considering opening up a cafe slash craft beer bar. Um, and and now I realize that uh, contract or gypsy brewing is the way that I'm going to bring my beer to market. And then later on, think about opening up a actual place. So uh, that's me. Uh, that's I um, do with the music, do with the beer. And yeah. <laughs> so taking a step back, um, how did the beer come into the picture? Were you familiar with brewing or, or were you just a fan of it? You know, um, that's a really good question. <clears throat> in 2014, um, my wife was pregnant with our youngest child, and uh, we had some issues when the baby was born. So we found ourselves in the hospital for a whole month, every single day, like the entire day, the evening. Like we were living literally at the hospital with the baby every day. Mm-hmm. And so I needed something to do. So I went to the bookstore and I, I bought a few books. Um, but right before that happened, I was, I was managing bands and I was looking around in Norwalk where we live. And I realized, and it just so happened I was working with two artists that were based in Norwalk. One of them was the band Bongo. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was looking around and there was nowhere in Norwalk and still nowhere today for the band to be booked. So, so I just started kind of, you know, thinking like, man, there's a void here in this market. Uh, there's no venue with the stage to showcase local talent. And there's local talent in Norwalk that needs to be showcased. So I just started thinking like, hey, maybe I'm the guy that could, that could bring that to Norwalk. Maybe I can open up a venue. So, I, so that's where the idea started. And, and that first idea was 
oh, maybe I could do a bar and grill. And, and I was already drinking craft beer. I wasn't brewing it, but I was already like a craft beer fan. And so I was thinking about, okay, well, if I did have my own bar and grill kind of bar, you know, venue, what would that be? What, what would the theme be? And so I started thinking that I would offer tap uh, craft beer that was only brewed in California. It would be California craft beer. And I was like, okay, that, that seems cool. You know, I, I could, mm-hmm. I could get beer from up and down the coast. Yeah, that's cool. And I could have a little stage and I could book bands and have this cool little bar. Yeah, that's, that's a cool idea. And we don't have that in Norwalk. So that's where it started. So then I find myself in the hospital needing something to do. So I go to the bookstore and I pick up like three books. One of the books, um, which is really responsible for me seriously considering doing something in the craft industry is a book called Brewing Up a Business by Sam Calagione, who's the founder of Dogfish Head Brewing Company. Okay. And, you know, that, that book, he talks about basically how he started home brewing in college and then he opened a Dogfish Head as a small brew pub without even having any experience in the industry without even having the local, uh, it was actually where, where he was trying to open up his brew pub while where, where they did open up. You couldn't even open up a, a brew pub. It wasn't even legal. So, you know, he talks about all that and he talks about how he started super small, basically opening up a, a, a commercial brewing facility on a homebrew setup. And so the story is really inspiring because if, if you know, if you follow Dogfish Head, I mean, today they're a multi-million dollar uh, company. They're one of the bigger craft breweries in America. They're still on the small end when you look at big beer, Mm -hmm. but their success story is pretty, pretty cool. So um, it was that book that really got the wheels turning for me. And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe there's a, maybe I could do something more than just a little bar and grill. And so, um, and then ultimately, I, I, I decided, like, uh, if I was going to open up a bar and grill and serve California craft beer, well, I should probably know everything there is to know about craft beer. And so instead of just reading up on, like, different beer styles, I was like, let me take it a step further and know how, learn how beer is made. And so I was thinking about that. And so I went online one day and bought a homebrew starter kit. And I homebrewed my first batch of beer on my stovetop. It was a one-gallon uh, wheat ale beer. Didn't know what I was doing. It was pretty simple, though. It was, a, it was an extract kit, which is like the simplest way you can start. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, I just went down the rabbit hole of homebrewing, and that led to the start of SoCal Fettel. So, and so um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's the story of how I ended up doing stuff in beer. So would you say uh, so? So Cal Cerveceros was born out of a necessity of uh, that you didn't see other Latin brewers out there, or how did that come into your idea as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, as I started homebrewing, there was nobody around me who who I knew that homebrewed, and I. If, if you go online, there's like tons of information, right? YouTube, Google, there's all these forums. And um, 
you can ask the most basic, simplest question on a homebrew forum, and you'll get like a thousand answers from a thousand different brewers who all say their method is right. It's just overwhelming, you know. It's like where do, where do I start? Mm-hmm. So I just went on Facebook one day, and I was like, "Hey, does anybody that follow me here homebrew? Because I have some questions." And this guy replied that I didn't even know I was friends with on Facebook. Yeah, what's up, dude? I'm a home brewer. And I was like, who is this guy? So we start this conversation. Just turns out this guy's name is Augustine. And he tells me he's got a group. Uh, he's got a small group with his cousin and his brother and their friend. And they call themselves Brujeria. Oh, okay. And so we strike up this conversation on Facebook. I didn't even know I, 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 uh, I knew him. And then he ends up telling me that he, he had been to a couple shows that I had while I was DJing or booking bands at, at, at Mel's bar back in the day. So that's, that's how he knew me. He actually knew me through music. And so we end up, um, we end up meeting because, you know, we, we, we were going back and forth and, and we started just this conversation back and forth and he seemed pretty cool. And so we, we met up. <clears throat> and I start telling him, yeah, man, I have this idea of opening up a blind grill. And he starts telling me that, you know, his dream is to open up a, a, a brewery. And it was me, him and his wife. We, we met at the uh, bottle room in, in Whittier. Just over there, just casually talking, you know. And um, they're really nice. They're really cool. So we basically became friends. And um, I, I, in, in a separate conversation... I was telling him, I was asking him if he had checked out any homebrew club and he said, um, I believe he said yes, but most of them are like run by like white dudes. They're all white. Uh-huh. And I had told him, yeah, man, I, there's a couple of homebrew shops I went to. And every time I go, like I'm the only brown dude there. I was like, everybody's cool, but like I feel out of place. And sometimes I'm kind of afraid to ask questions because, like, I'm a newbie, and you know, it's just it's just kind of I just feel like I'm like I'm out of place, like everybody's white, to, to be frank. And so um, one of us said that there should be a a homebrew club for for Latinos, and I just remember saying, um, "Man, maybe we should start one." And then we just kind of laughed it off. That was that. And he called me back the next day and was like, hey, um, how serious are you about starting a homebrew club? And I was just like, you know, I don't know anything about running a homebrew club, but I'm down if you're down. And he's like, all right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the, the guys that I brew with and see, see if they're down to, you know, meet up. And then, and then we scheduled a meeting at his, at his house in his garage. And this was in like April 2015. And, I, I went back to Facebook and, and said, hey, we're thinking of starting a homebrew club. Is anybody interested in hanging out with us talking about beer? One guy that I know from years ago through music, this guy named Richard Estrada, who actually was a host on a show called The, the uh, Illegal Intern back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I, I'm aware of it. He, yeah, so Richard hits me up, and he knows me because of my time in the band Isabel Sabor Factory. He was like, hey, I used to homebrew back in the day. Uh, I'd love to come hang out. And that was, that was a total surprise to me. And I was like, oh, cool. So Richard came, hung out, and I was just kind of like, dang, this is Richard. Like, 
it's so random, you know, because I didn't know he was a home brewer and he was into craft beer. We didn't even really, really talk often. Like, I would just see him randomly at, like, concerts and events and things like that. But we were friends on Facebook. Anyway, so we meet up. We don't have a, a homebrew club name. We're just kind of filling. We're just kind of filling it out. And there's seven of us. And we met up on a Friday. It was the third Friday in April. And um, we were like, "Yeah, let's. This is cool. Let's, let's, let's keep this going." And ever since then, we um, kept our meetings every third Friday of the month. And then, of course, we were like, "All right, let's 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 figure this out." And came up with the name. Casa de Ceros, and then, um, you know, we had somebody do a logo for us, and we started recruiting, and one thing led to another. We started uh, producing events, um, and then, you know, things started to really pick up, and we started to get, like, media coverage. We were featured on Vista LA, and that really helped help us get exposure, and we really were just learning on the fly, like, like learning how to run a homebrew club. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, all these Latinos, well, not all these, but, like, more and more Latino homebrewers started popping up, and they were like, you know, man, I kept hearing this over and over. Man, I'm so happy that there's a brown homebrew club, because I go to these other homebrew clubs with a bunch of old white guys with beards. Like, I heard that story mm-hmm. over and over. And, and so, you know, people start finding out about us, uh, started hearing about us and, and word of mouth started to spread as well and it just started to grow and we went from seven for a long time we were like just 12 and then 20 and then like probably two two years in we hit 100 members uh today we're over 200 members and um i'm, I'm pretty confident that in 2021 we're going to hit the 300 mark and um so it's been really cool it's been really cool to see this thing grow but to answer your question more specifically, yeah, it, it, it came because there was a void there. Uh, there was no homebrew club for Latinos or people of color in general. There was really no uh, homebrew clubs for uh, yeah, just, pe- just people of color and everybody who fits under that uh, description. Um, and so we started it <laughs> and here we are today are you guys also affiliated with a uh, socal cerveceros which is women right so, yeah w- women craft brewers so yeah so so the socal cerveceros is technically not a a club they're a group within our club um the the, the way it happened is you know we were we were struggling to get women members to join the club because at first it was just a bunch of dudes. So anytime women would actually come check us out at a meeting, they would see a bunch of guys and they would get turned off. You know, it's just like, you don't want to be hanging out with a bunch of guys drinking beer, especially a bunch of random guys. Uh So we had to work really, really hard to, to let people know that we were serious. We weren't just a bunch of, you know, dudes drinking beer. Like it, it, it was a safe space. We're actually here to become better brewers, to, to sharpen our skills in the craft. So um, it took us about two years before we, we got our first uh, a female member. And then, um, and then gradually it started to pick up. And then we started to get a lot of interest from uh, 
couples or, or men brewers who would show up with their wives and their wives would just come at, you know, just to hang out. Yeah. And so we started offering a, uh, a couples slash relative membership option. And then once, once we made that a thing, we had a lot of couples join. So, so, so now we get, we get like husband and wife that come with a wife made just, just tag along just to hang out and then they they become members and they become brewers themselves. But the full council that said us was something that we always wanted to see happen. And so when we had our SoCal Set the Setup logo created, we had the designer also create the SoCal Set the Setup logo and we just held on to it just in case. Uh-huh. And so um, as our, our membership with women grew um, I think we're somewhere around like 35% of the club today is, is female brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kept, I just kind of kept putting it out there like, Hey, you, you know, you, you guys should get together and do like SoCal Fede Seda, do your own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the women kind of like naturally were just on their own were getting together, uh, having their own brew days, uh, just, just hanging out as, as, Brewer friend, and then they started using SoCal for their setup, and I was just like, "Yeah, you guys do your own like Instagram, like kind of make it a thing, you know?" Because we just because really the 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 club is about promoting uh uh diversity, inclusion, and you know, for us to be waving that flag, you know, we we really want to make sure that we're creating space for our women brewers because. You know, people of color. There's already like such a small percentage of us, not not just in the brewing industry, but at the homebrew level as well. Mm-hmm. And so the numbers for women are even smaller. And 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 a lot of time, you know, women will go to like beer festivals, and it's not fun because you know these these places, whether it be homebrew clubs or beer festivals, there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys getting drunk. So you know, it's like they don't really feel safe, and they they don't feel like they're taken seriously. And so we really wanted to change that narrative and we really wanted to create a space for women to come in, feel like they're respected as brewers like anybody else, um, and feel safe and, and, and comfortable. So so the women started taking on SoCal Fedeceras and it's still very early, like it's still very young, but I'm hoping that it grows into something where the SoCal Cerveceras are are organizing their own like you know beer festival that that's showcasing women you know things like that workshops and, and things like that that really um, promote women in in the beer scene. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I follow uh, both of you guys, uh, both of the clubs, because I also had a well, I still do. I have a. a craft a beer Instagram where I, I just post you know craft beer that I drink or whatever but I haven't posted in a while but yeah it's good to see that uh you guys are posting and active like a machine I mean you guys are running like a machine both both clubs separately so that's pretty cool to see so um the clubs are th- there you did the music thing how does Norwalk Brew House come in or when did it come in uh your question was uh when did Norwalk Brew House happen or yeah like, what what made you wanted to find another goal that you had a because all of these you know everything that you've told me about so far it's like goals that are pretty hard 
to accomplish, but it seems like you're just running through them. And it sounds like you have nonstop energy. So I wonder if you sleep at all, but how did you put another, <laughs> you know, how did you put this other thing on you, which is Norwalk Brew House, which is a, I guess it's the first uh, craft beer place in Norwalk. Yeah. So, um, so just to uh, clarify, uh, Norwalk Brew House is not yet a physical space uh, because of my social media presence. You know, people often DM me like, "Oh, where's your location? Are you open? When are you opening?" Mm. Uh, but we're not yet open, so I just want to clarify that. Okay. Um, so, so really, you know. Uh, I, I end up with Norwalk Brew House because of that first uh, thought of Norwalk needs a space to showcase local talent. So that's where the idea came from. So, you know, it, it went from, oh, hey, maybe I could open up this bar and grill with a stage to, uh, hey, I want to own a brewery of my own because that's kind of like where every home brewer goes to. And so, you know, all the home brewers in SoCal City Settles are always talking about opening breweries. So it was like, me too. Like, I want to open my own brewery too. But for the last, I don't know, maybe five years, I've been looking at the local market and seeing what is happening and what is not happening. And what wasn't happening was any kind of craft beer scene. And so I, I realized that, you know, as as other cities start to develop, like for example, if you look at Long Beach, which is very close to Norwalk, Mm -hmm. they have a thriving craft beer scene. And that city, um, they did a great job of like changing all the laws and, and rules. And they made it easy for people or they made it easier for businesses to open. So now they have a really great thriving craft beer scene. And so other cities started taking note and you just start seeing breweries pop up. Um, so I, I was like, man, it's just a matter of time before we get a brewery in Norwalk, in Downey, in Santa Fe Springs, in Cerritos, in Artesia, like all the surrounding areas. And I was like, well, that, that's gotta be me. Like I, I want to be the one heading that craft beer movement in Norwalk. Mm-hmm. And so, so the idea, you know, went from bar and grill to brewery, then I, I was like, no, brew pub, like that's, 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 a, that's a great business because you're basically a half restaurant, half micro brewery. And I was like, that's what I want to be. You know, I want to, I want to marry food with beer with my passion for music. That's perfect. So I started working on that business model. And then slowly but surely friends of mine started opening up breweries and I started to see and witness how hard it is like for one the startup capital is insane right your minimum i mean for, for something for something of a decent size you're like minimum five hundred thousand dollars to get started and that could easily scale up to a million dollars and then you're looking at like minimum 12 months of your build out of your permitting and all of that and it's just like, wow, that's such a massive undertaking. It's a huge headache. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm up for that. You know, I, I don't, for one, I don't have that kind of access to capital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just me on my own, um, you know, sharing ideas with my wife. <laughs> I don't have investors 
and things like that. And I don't even know if I want to take on those kind of investors early. So um, through all of that, kind of trying to figure out like what would work best for me, I already knew Norwalk needed a place because um, in Norwalk there's a ton of people that are just like me, same age, got a family, kids, love craft beer, but we leave the city to go get what we want and we're taking money out of out of Norwalk, right? We're going to Long Beach, mm-hmm. we're going to LA Arts District, we're going to OC Breweries. Um, I mean, even we're even going to Cerritos to go to BJ's and get beer and, and pizza there. And so there's a lot of money being taken out of the city. And I just I just know and knew that something something in the city that offered craft beer, whether it be a brew pub or a craft beer bar, could survive and thrive. And so I came up with the name Norwalk Brew House. And this was that was going to be the name of my brew pub. And the whole thing with Norwalk Brew House was it was themed. Um, it, it, all, all the beer names were themed after streets in the city, right? Mm-hmm. For example, I have the uh, Bloomfield Blonde and the Pioneer Pills and the um, Roast Crans of Red, things like that. And, um, and so I was thinking, like, this is going to be something hyper-local, like, it's not. It's not going to be a a chain. It's not going to be something where I'm looking to like mass produce or wide just distro. It's just going to be for the locals, producing quality craft beer. And so, if you're into craft beer and you're into visiting breweries, you would come because that's what you do. But mainly, it's, it's a spot for locals. Um, so that was the idea behind Norwalk Brewhouse. So, you know. I'm like watching what my friends are doing. I'm seeing how the market is changing. I'm seeing like now there's just a saturation of breweries. There's breweries everywhere, right? Like there's no shortage of beer. We don't need newer breweries. Yeah. And um, and then one day, you know, I actually had already started talking to the city and kind of trying to figure out all the details, you know, like learning about the process. Like, you know, you got you got to talk to the planning department. And you got to figure out where this type of business can go up, like because of the zoning laws and all those things, right? And all of a sudden, I hear that Norwalk is getting a new brewery. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, who is that? And it turns out it's La Jara Brewing Company, which is uh, co founded by my friend Derek Johnstone, who actually is a home brewer who's a member of the Long Beach Home Brewers. Uh, club a great guy great brewer turns out he was opening his brewery in artesia talking to the city and then things fell apart it didn't work out his buddy's uncle owns a warehouse in norwalk they connected him the city already wanted a brewery which i i knew mm-hmm. and it just happened for him bam 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 and now they're opening in north they're not yet open so when I heard about it, I was like, damn, this is this is actually really great for me. One, the city's hundred percent behind it. So I know they're 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 good to go with, with, with craft beer. Two, right before the pandemic hit, I, I changed my, my business model again and I was thinking that 
a cafe slash craft beer bar would work. And the reason was I was talking to a friend of mine who owns a cafe. He's been in business for over 25 years. And he was telling me how, how relatively easy it is in terms of permitting uh, to get a cafe open. He, he was like, yeah, you get a cafe open and get a uh, license to, to pour beer and you're good to go. And so I was like, yeah, that, that sounds really cool because I could still have a brewery brew beer for me that they sell me and I could still serve it as Norwalk Brewhouse beer. Mm, yeah. So I was thinking that, right? And um, when the pandemic hit, and I was like, no, that's a bad idea. We are going to have to wait till, the, till everything gets back to normal and people can go into spaces again. So I started talking to Derek over at La Lajara, and I was like, I think we need to work together. For one, people in Norlock know who I am just from from my, my social media and from the festivals I've been doing. Like, like I'm the guy in Norwalk that's pushing craft beer, but I don't have a brewery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could help promote your brewery. And I told him, and you guys could be my contract brewing, my, my contract brewer. You brew my, my recipe. I package it, I, you know, and I turn around and, and distribute my own beer. And so now I've settled on going the contract, uh, contract brewing route where, uh, once La Jara is open and they're, they're all running, um, they got, they're up and running. Um, I'm, I'm working on getting all my, my stuff in order. So I've, I've got to lease a, a warehouse. I got to get the, I got to get a couple permits and, um, I got to get the proper liquor license to distribute beer and be a contract brewer. I'll go to La Jara, give them my business, keep the business in the city. They brew my beer, we package it. I take the beer and then I market and sell it. And it's still Norwalk Brewhouse beer because it's my recipe and it's still brewed in Norwalk. So that's my plan and that's what Norwalk Brewhouse is going to be. And I figure going the contract brewing route, like that's my quickest way to get to market. And it's actually the most feasible way. It's, it's the cheapest way I can do it. Um, cheaper than trying to open up a bar and grill, cheaper than trying to open up a brewery, and cheaper than trying to open up a cafe, uh, craft beer bar. So I'm going to contract brew, <clears throat> distribute Norwalk Brewhouse beer, and then maybe in another two years, two, three years, look into opening up that cafe craft beer bar. Yeah, that's actually a great idea because uh, you could get your name out there still and, you know, get the brand recognition while you're doing your own thing still and, you know, providing that brewery to, uh, you know, contract your beer and, and make it for you. And uh, is that where they make, uh, what's that, what's your beer? The first beer, was it Beady Beady Blonde Blonde? So, yeah, the, the, the Beady Beady Blonde Blonde, um, that's the plan. That's going to be our, our flagship beer. That was a beer that had been not doing test batches of, uh, brewing it for my, first for my, my family. The, the way that, that that beer came about is I brew beer and share it with my cousins and my uncles. And, you know, they're not really like craft beer drinkers per se, you know, just typical uh, Mexican-American drinkers where they're drinking Corona, Bud Light, Budweiser, things like that. Mm-hmm. Very uh, macro, macro lagers. And so, uh, my, we were having a party for my grandmother's 75th birthday and she wanted me to make some beer. But I was like, man, I don't, I don't know, like, 
it, it, people are going to be into it. You know, I'm going to take a keg and it's going to come back home with a keg, you know, I'm going to have to keg it. So like, well, you know, what if I can brew something that everybody would like? Something that's kind of, you know, light, crispy. And so I, 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 I thought to myself, let me brew a blonde ale and something that's quote unquote lager like. So I, I brewed a really thin bodied blonde ale, use a, a clean yeast strain. Um, and I took that as, as my first test, test batch. And to my surprise, it, I, it, we kicked the keg in like an hour. <laughs> uh, my my grandma was drinking it. My cousins, my uncles, my dad was like a hardcore Budweiser guy. Um, so I was like, "Wow, that was interesting." So the next party, I did it again, and I just kind of tweaked tweaked it just a little bit, but it was still like very light, very very crispy. Um, you know, kind of thin body. And again, they were like, "Yeah, this is good." So. I was like, okay, well, maybe I, um, maybe I have something, something here, and so I started serving it at uh, Coachella, <clears throat> the uh, Soca Cervecero Beer Fest. Mm-hmm. But for Coachella, I was like, I need to name it something, and 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 you know, um, because of my my background in music, when I name beers, I often pull from from music. Uh, so, for example. I had a beer that was a brown ale that I called, uh, actually it was a black IPA and I called it, um, La Negra Tiene Tumbao, you know, after Celia Cruz. Mm-hmm. And I poured that next to the Bidi Bidi Blan Blan. And it was kind of like my, my, uh, homage to like these, these, uh, two, you know, legendary singers um and you know beady beady blonde blonde when i thought of it i was like oh that's cool that's kind of clever you know haha like <laughs> people might dig that but what i noticed is that when i was at coachella and i had a little sign uh had a little uh, beer menu and it had all my beers that i was pouring the very last i think i have four beers and the last beer was beady beady blonde blonde so people would come up and they'd be like uh, chocolate, milkshake, IPA, uh, or whatever I had, uh-huh. blah, 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 whatever. And then they get to the last one, they go, beady, beady, blah, blah, ah, that sounds so cool. Hey, I want to uh-huh. try that. Uh-huh. And so people were coming up, reading the name, not even caring what the style of beer was and wanting it because of, because of the name, because they knew what that was, you know, beady, beady, blah, blah, by Selena. And so, um, I also had these little stickers that I made just for this one festival where I made this mock label and with a name, Bidi Bidi Blan Blan, and people, they were gone really fast. So I was like, man, people, you know, that name, people really dug that name. The beer, um, pretty decent so far as, as, as far as a test batch for homebrew. So um, I was like, I'm, I'm going to run with this. And so, uh, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan is to um, come to market with the BBB Blonde Blonde and get that out there and have that be our our flagship. You know, because I'm, I'm also looking at Norwalk mm-hmm. and the kind of beer drinkers, you know, and, and yeah. this market is still dominated by, like, Budweiser, 
Corona and all those big macro beers. Mm-hmm. So if I could come to market with something that's not exactly longer, but it's very similar, and it's got a name that people um, like, I, I I think I could I could penetrate the market and and do do pretty well here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good name. That's a great name for a beer, <laughs> especially in our community. <laughs> but um, so going for full circle now. You have a special release coming out with uh, Brujeria. The, uh, the yeah. Can you tell us a little about that? Uh, it's with Brujeria and South Central Brewing Company. And um, South Central Brewing Company is also members of the SoCal Cerveceros. And so, uh, so you have me and Brujeria, who are technically the co-founders of SoCal Cerveceros, and uh, uh, South Central Brewing Company. And this is actually the first time that Brujeria and Norwalk Brewhouse do do anything uh, outside of the Focal Cerecero together. So that's super cool. Um, but really, you know, I, I was having a conversation with one of the brewers from South Central Brewing Company. And um, I was like, you know, man, it's... It would be cool if some of us brewers could get together, do something for the street vendors. You know, they're being they're just going through a hard time right now. Uh, they've been going through a hard time, um, but right now it's just extra crazy. And I was like, maybe we could get together, do a beer, help raise some money. I was like, I don't, I don't really know what that looks like. I, I, I was just kind of talking, you know. And um, it was actually uh, Alex from South Central Brewing Company. And he was like, oh, yeah, that, that'd be a great idea. We, we should. But let's keep talking about it. And then um, the next conversation was like, well, what about Brujeria? Because they're actually open for business. And they have a really good track record with working with nonprofits. When they were homebrewing, they were heavy in pouring beer at uh, nonprofit for nonprofits, so they were supporting nonprofits for years. Mm. And so that's kind of at, that's at their core as as a business. So I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and and we're all friends. We're all from the same club. We're all brown. This is great. Somebody said, oh, it'd be it'd be cool to get Lalo. Uh, it would be cool to get Lalo to to design the uh, label. And I was like, it just so happens that I know Lalo from back in the day. Actually, um, when Lalo's cartoon, La Cucaracha, got syndicated, he had a big launch party. And the band that performed that launch party was my band. This is back in like, I don't know, er the early 2000s. So, So I've known him for that long. And I was like, oh, that would be perfect. So I reached out to Lalo. I was like, hey, this is what, this is the idea that we're thinking about. We would love to have him participate. And right away, he, he got it. He was like, I'm down. Yeah, it's just, you know, tell me when. When you told me about that, I mean, I, I, I had never even thought that somebody could get Lalo Alcares to do artwork for a beer. So that, I thought that was pretty <laughs> awesome that, that you were able to do that. But you knew, you, you already knew him from the past. So Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and really like, that's all I do. Like when 
when I want to do something or like there's an idea, I just sit back and I'm like, okay, well, who do I know that I can go to with this that can help? Or who do I know that knows the person that I need to be in touch with? Yeah, you know? it's always, always so, use your resources. Always use those around you. Yeah, and, and you know, somebody, somebody like me, um, to, to be honest, like, I don't like to say that I grew up poor because I never felt like I was like poor, but you know, I grew up in the projects. And so I didn't grow up with a lot of resources per se. Like I don't have anybody in my family that has a lot of money or has a lot of connections. You know, there's nobody in my family that's like a big time business person or nobody working in politics. Like there's no handouts for me. So since I was a kid, you know, I've always had to figure figure shit out pretty much. Like, okay, if I want to get this, you know, if I want to buy that guitar that costs 200 bucks, I don't have 200 bucks. Well, how am I going to make that happen? You know? So I always have to figure things out. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I managed to become really resourceful and just really leverage my network. So now like really, whatever I do, it's like, okay, who do I know in the, in, in this music network? Cause that, cause my music network is pretty vast. It's like, I just know people everywhere. And, and now I've got this whole beer side. So now I have these two different networks and I'm just like, okay, how do I leverage both of them to make happen, you know, whatever it is that I'm trying to do. And so this is, this again was just one of those, one of those, uh, situations. And, um, Lalo, we were connected because of my music path, and it just makes sense because he's Chicano, we're Chicano, and we're like, we want to do something for these street vendors who are often, you know, depicted as like, I don't know, in a in a bad light, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and we just want to flip that and do something positive, but at the same time, you know, we're like, look, beer, beer can be used for good. And sometimes people don't realize that because they see like, you know, what, what beer has done to lots of people, you know, it's, it's broken up families, you know, you have people do crazy shit when they get drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're doing this beer. It's, uh, the three of us plus Lalo and we're calling it Los Vendors and proceeds of the beer are going to go to a, uh, street vendor emergency fund that is, um, put together by, um, inclusive action, which is the nonprofit that led the whole, uh, push to legalize street vending in Los Angeles. So they have this, this fund that's already helped close to a thousand street vendors. And what they do is they hand out gift cards, uh, that are valued at 500 bucks. And so they have a list of, of vendors that are just waiting to, to be helped. You know, most of these people are, um, uh, Latinos, you know, from Mexico, South America, and they need help. And so here we are. We're like, let's, let's, 
let's do this beer and let's try to help some people. Especially right now with the pandemic, you know, people people hurt pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. And if, if people want to check them out, they can go to inclusiveaction.org and they have uh, all their info there and you can also donate directly. But uh, do you have a release date for the beer or anywhere close? So it looks like the beer is going to be brewed first or second week of September and it'll be canned and released, uh, I believe, the week of September 21st. And it's going to be a mango pineapple wheat ale mm. with a little bit of lemon zest and maybe maybe some salt in there to uh, make it a little bit more uh, interesting. But it's going to be a really great summer beer, and it's going to work really well in like a uh, michelada if you want to do, do that. Yeah, yeah. And where would they be able to pick that up? So um, most of the beer is going to come from Brujeria. It's, it's going to be canned in 16-ounce cans. And it'll be in some retail stores. Uh, where we're actually working on that right now. <clears throat> but if you're in like the the five six two area, definitely go to uh, the uh, brewery to get the beer. Um, it'll be available in four packs, sixteen ounce cans. Um, but there's going to be some stores like uh, it'll probably be at, at Sarah's in in City Terrace. Uh, we're looking at some retail spots in the South Central area. Um, it's not going to be anywhere in Norwalk. You're going to have to go to Pico Rivera where uh, the Brujeria Brewery is because mm-hmm. uh, it just doesn't make sense to, you know, anybody who follows me, I'm going to send them all to, to the brewery. Because uh, also, you know, that's the whole point of this as well. Brujeria is new. Uh, they're barely going to come up on their first year in business and so you know they're still letting people know that they're open and so so not only do we want to raise money to help people help vendors we also want to let people know hey check out this new brewery they're they're latinos they're independent small business you know f- support that okay cool cool and just to be clear it's brujeria b-r-e-w-j-e-r-i-a right Right, B R E W J E R I A, yeah, which is a very clever name. Yeah, yeah, just didn't want people to think it's uh, the the band Brujeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But you know, actually, that that they they should do something with the band. That would be really awesome. <laughs> yeah, actually, it would. And so, um, I guess if. I heard you're also working on another collab. I don't know if you want to talk about that or just give us a hint on something else that you have brewing up. Yeah, yes. Uh, we could definitely talk about that. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for this this other beer project. Um, so I, I partnered up with Eagle Rock Brewery and the uh, Alley Rapper 2 Mix, and we are making a beer called Love Fights Back. And... The name uh, comes from a Tumex song, Love Fights Back. And really, this this beer came out of, you know, what's been going on with um, Black Lives Matter and all of the uh, social and racial injustice that we're seeing. Um, you know, I was, I was at home with my family 
watching the news, following on Twitter every day, uh, you know, post uh, George Floyd murder. Mm-hmm. And I have family members who are black, I have friends who are black. Um, every freaking artist that has ever influenced me is most of them are black. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking like growing up where, where I did, um, I was profiled often. I had many run-ins with the cops, not because I ever broke the law. I've never been arrested, never broke the law. It's just because of where I lived in the projects, a bunch of poor people, the way I look, had, I've had sheriffs draw their guns on me, had the LAPD throw me across the uh, hood of a cop car. And, and I'm thinking, you know, because I'm seeing all this footage, right, of all these cops just, mm-hmm. just doing what they're doing, right? Beating people, shooting people, and it's, it's crazy. And I'm thinking back of all these times that, and, it, and it's sad to think that I've had so many. And 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 it's you know, and and this is common with people, with people of color, and it's common with people that are like me from the hood that I'm from and from hood similar. And so I'm thinking like, man, it's pretty bad, it's pretty messed up. And then I'm thinking, even though I, I've had these crazy experiences, I'm still privileged because I'm not black. Mm-hmm. And that thought was like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I can only imagine what my cousins who are black, who are half black, half Mexican go through. I can only imagine what my black friends go through um, simply just because of their skin color. And so I'm watching this. I'm thinking these thoughts. I'm in the comfort of my home. My, my, my little kids are safe. They actually have no idea what the hell's going on outside of our, our home they're not watching what I'm watching. And so I'm just like uh, feeling like, man, I, I gotta do something, you know, like I'm not out in the street, I'm not protesting because we're in a pandemic and my kid has pre, pre-existing health issues. So I'm not out there, I don't wanna, you know, trying to be safe, but I'm like, I need to do something. I just feel like I gotta do something. And I'm like, but what can I do? Like, I don't, what can I do? You know, I don't have millions of dollars or even thousands of dollars to pump into some spot to help or anything like that. So then I'm like, okay, what can I do? Well, what do I have access to? And I was like, okay, I have access to this network, this music network, right? People in the in the, in the industry, musicians and whatnot, have access to this beer network, Focal Federico, people in the industry, brewery owners. And so I was like, okay, I could do a beer with somebody figure out how to how to add music to that to you know get the word out even bigger and we do this collab and then raise money that way and i'm like okay yeah that's something i could do and then i just i sat down wrote out a little you know wrote it on paper reached out to eagle rock uh jeremy and team who are the co-owners, husband and wife, who are really, really great people. Uh, they make great beer. And they're kind of, you know, they've already been, like, uh, actually, sorry, what, what I want to say is they're already uh, big on helping local uh, causes. So they're like the perfect company to 
to uh, work with. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out. I was like, that, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. I would love to create this beer or a beer. Are you guys interested? And and right away they were like, you know what? We totally get it. We've been discussing ourselves, like what can we do with our beer to bring, uh, to help the cause. And so the timing was right. Um, they they were on the same same page as I was, and they were like, let's do it. And so it just so happened that I had already been talking to Tumex about doing some stuff with with within beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tumex is. For one, I, I've been a long-time fan of Tumex. He's been in the LA scene since the 90s. He's a massive following. He's done so much. He has so many albums out, so many projects. Um, and and he, his story is crazy because five years ago, he suddenly lost his leg. Um, he's been fighting uh, diabetes. And, and and one day it got really bad and he found himself in the hospital. And so um, he has all these other health issues that he's working through. And the guy is still out there grinding. He's still doing music. Uh, obviously, he's not touring and doing shows right now. But he's still active. He, he has a radio show. And, and you know, he, he weekly he goes and does... Uh, dialysis but he's got like issues with his heart issues with his kidneys issues with diabetes and he's still out there grinding doing music and and, you know trying to soak up life as much as he can and he's still willing to jump on a project like this to to help other people and so yeah that that beer collab Evil Rock Brewery and Two Mix and we're putting out a um, fight back. Cool, cool. Yeah, can't wait to hear about that one. All right, so to wrap it up, um, you also do a weekly beer column, and uh, you also host the podcast, Beer, Bands, and Business. Can you tell us really quickly about those two projects? Uh, Band Business is a, it's a online radio show slash podcast. So I air live every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m., and I interview uh, people of color doing stuff in the music industry and in the beer industry. And I'm just telling their stories. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's not a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people of color in, in, in roles in the beer industry. So, um, you know, I like to showcase the people who are doing stuff, whether it be a head brewer or you know, somebody working the tanning line or somebody working in, in a distribution. Uh, and that's what that show is about. And that happens Monday nights. Uh, it uh, airs via La Banda Elastica Pirate Radio. And then I take those live shows and I edit them down and I, I release them as a podcast. Um, and I recently became a columnist for the Boulder Weekly in Colorado, which kind of sounds funny to say out loud because I'm in Norwalk in <laughs> California. Yeah. But um, they were looking for a beer writer, and uh, word, word got around to me. I was put in touch with the editor. I sent over some writing samples, and they offered me the gig. So I'm doing a um, – my, my column isn't – my, my column is a uh, 
is a monthly column. So I'm doing it like every four, it gets published every four Thursday, uh, online and in print. And I'm just writing about homebrewing. Uh, some of the content is, is recipes. Some of it is just telling stories. One second, my, my kids are being mad. Um, some of it is talking about uh, homebrew gear, just, you know, anything that has to do with homebrewing. Okay, okay. Well, like I mentioned, I don't know where when you find the time to sleep, Ray, but uh, where can everyone <laughs> find you online? Uh, you can follow me at Norwalk Brewhouse. That's the beer brand page. Uh, care to know what's going on with the podcast? That's at Beer Band Biz and Biz is B I Z. And I've got a personal Instagram at Ray Ricky Rivera. I mean, if you just Google my name, um, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I don't yet have a website for Norwalk Brewhouse. It's getting it's getting made now. I'm trying to figure out the best platforms to use um, for me. So there's no website yet, but it's coming. Uh, I've, I've got merch and stuff and I got the uh, beer on its way. So definitely follow Norwalk Brewhouse on Instagram. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I wish you success in all, all of your, you know, projects that you have going on because you have so many going on and uh, I wish to see you succeed and uh, you know, good luck with everything, but thank you again for the interview. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's great that you have this platform and that you're bringing on people to share the story and promote what they're doing. So thank you. I'm very grateful for it. Mm-hmm.